Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello everyone. It is powered by Media Stable, but it's also powered by Carmen Braidwood. Hello, hello Carms. Yeah, good to be here, Nick. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's it's a bit of a, a bit of a public relations communications chat today. Yeah, I'm interested in this. You know, a lot of people because I've worked on radio and TV will say to me, "Can you give me some PR advice?" And all I can give you is the advice of, <laughs> "Well, don't send multiple press releases that go on and on about nothing. I'll probably just delete them. Don't spam me." You know those kind of things. See, that's not really PR. You're no, the aftermath exactly. of PR. You're the you know the end result of pub, good public no, relations. Exactly. You know, it's a different beast. You need to be a specialist at that. Well, let's have a chat to a, a PR expert. His name's David Tasker. He's from Chapter One, Chapter One PR. Welcome, David. Welcome. Thanks for your time. I think I'm slightly dyslexic. I do see one chapter, chapter one sometimes. It's oh. just, you know, it's just one of those things. I was saying that off camera and <laughs> off uh, air and we probably should have edited this, but uh, yeah. You got there in the end. Got there in the end. You founded chapter one as well. That's correct. Founded it about four or five years ago. Very nice. David, you're, you've been in the public relations game for a long time. And I remember you back in your days at PPR uh, as, a, as sort of one of the senior management uh, members there. PR, what's the definition of good public relations today? Well, it's, it's a really interesting question because I'm not actually classically trained in PR. In, you know, I never did a degree in PR. I never went to uni and studied PR. So for me, it was a self-taught um, skill, if you like. I, yep. I was a Bachelor of Commerce, Marketing and Management, took the easiest possible degree I could, <laughs> um, and then fell into a job in public relations with the Fremantle Dockers, and I was there for seven years. Um, and it was at the formation of the Dockers that I fell into that position. And as a you know young 20-year-old dealing with AFL footballers day in, day out, dealing with the Basil Zemplises, the Tim Gossiches, the Bob Harnetts, the Mark Reddings, those sort of guys, um, the Tanya Armstrongs, those sort of people, it, it forced me to learn media relations really quickly. Um, and you know, if I distill it down, it's good relationships, confidence, but also making sure that you're delivering what the media wants and you've done the research to get the right client or the right story in, in, in front of the journalist. So I look at it as relationships. For me, PR is all about relationships, managing relationships, enhancing relationships and building them to get the best outcome. So, you know, press release is a wonderful thing, but it's how you can sell that story to me mm. is what gets the best results. Public relations, I love the fact that you said you weren't, you know, trained the classic way, I suppose, you know, through university. I, 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 I too wasn't. I, I didn't do that. I did a, a Bachelor of Arts in media. But public relations, is it best taught in a textbook? Because I think what you've just done and the, uh, the way that you've brought yourself into the industry and, and have learned is, uh, is maybe the best way to go. Well, I can't say it's the right or the wrong way to go because different people have different views. If you were in a consumer PR environment, you know, helping promote Coke bottles or mm-hmm. McDonald's or those sort of things, then there is a, a bit more formulaic nature to what you need to do. 
Um, but I suppose, and I used to give talks to university students at the end of their, their university time having studied a PR degree. And, and I would get up and say, you know, I'm almost disappointed that I wasn't here at the start of your degree than the end because yeah. mm. there's things that you'll learn in a textbook, which is really important, how to write, how to create a nice press release, those sort of things. But to me, it comes back to the life experiences that you generate but also how you build relationships because if you can build a relationship with a journalist, it'll stand the test of time and they'll trust you, you'll trust them, you'll know what's a good story, they'll know when you're giving them something that it's a good story and you've done the work. So to me, there is there is a degree of learning and, and that should never be discounted, but it's the, the what you learn sort of on the job, if you like, which is the biggest the biggest benefit. So a lot of small to medium-sized enterprises listen to this podcast, David. You know, when you were working with the Fremantle Dockers, it was probably a door opener in terms of establishing a relationship. Not not probably, absolutely. Talk Those agencies of, want you, right? Talk about the school of hard knocks, by the way, too. Yeah. Working at Fremantle. Oh, at the beginning. Club, at the beginning. I mean, you were there. So at many the, issues. Well, I was there, Jared Neesham to Chris Connolly, <laughs> so it was hardly the heady days, but yeah. um, it was a great learning experience. Experience and it threw you in right at the deep end and, and and you know for me looking at relationships the friendships I've formed with those media in particular have standed the test of have stood the test of time I can pick up the phone now yeah. to some of those people and they mm. go you really you know formed a good relationship with me and treated me well back then and we're still mates now so will they look after you then when there is a bad news story um, I don't think a journalist will ever look after you because at the end of the day they're a journalist and that's their job they've got to get yes. a story but you know what I always say to a client is you just want a journalist to be fair. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to look after you. They just have to give you that fairness yep. and, and give you the balance to go, look, you know, yes, this may be a negative story, but I'm going to let you get your voice into that story to try and balance it out. Because at the end of the day, that's, you know, there's not many journalists out there that just want to go after someone. They do want balance in their story because it actually helps the story. And, I, and getting back to those small to medium-sized enterprises, the thing that really probably scares them about the media are those bad news stories potentially accidentally getting on the wrong side of the media. What would be your advice to anybody who's thinking, I'm going to dabble and just start pitching some stories here and there? So it's actually advice that I give to, and I took myself when I first got into the game outside of, of, of when I joined PPR essentially, you know, because I was restarting my career outside of sport and I was now more in investor and, and corporate communications. I didn't go and try and form relationships with the business editor or the, the bureau chief because they were busy. They already had formed relationships. Mm. So I was just a newbie on the block. So what I did, I actually went and thought, who's the cadet journalist? Who's the new journalist who's trying to build their profile within that media organisation? I want to be their best buddy because I'm trying to build my my reputation and my relationships in the industry and so are they. Fabulous so strategy. We really actually you know and yeah. we and like the, the relationships that I've formed with those journalists 10, 15, 20 years ago, they're now the business editors, the bureau chiefs, and those relationships have stood the test of time because right back at the beginning we helped each other out. They yeah. were trying to find good stories. We were trying to get coverage for clients. We'd go to them and say, hey, we've packaged something up that we think would be really good. And because they were so hungry for success within their own media organisation, they actually were, were really keen to take that up the line and go, I've found this story. How cool is this? Mm. Yeah. And it actually helped both of us. 
I think there's so many good messages for experts and, and business owners out there right now that are, you know, they think that they've got to be on Sunrise. They've got to be on the Today Show. Maybe start a bit smaller. Maybe start with the, the, the smaller media, the radio mm. programs, print, the local print because you're talking to a younger journalist, a cadet, they will end up being editor one day. They will be in positions of power and they'll always remember you uh, as someone, as a media asset that's helped and supported them. Oh, yeah. And And if you're listening and doubting that, like I've got PRs from movie companies, record (laughs) labels who came to my wedding. Like that's how close you get. Like you do become very entrenched in each other's lives. Yeah, and great approach, David, because I think you're spot on. You, you can't always go to the very top at the beginning. You've got to you've got to work your way, and you've got to earn your. I guess you earn your your stripes as far as um, going up that communication ladder. But if you can be good for that younger person or that person's trying out, and particularly when you're just trying out for the first time, it can work really well. Well, I'll give you a, a classic example of a, a great friend of mine who's since passed away, but. Um, when I first started out, I had a client who was very demanding and would always say to me, I need coverage, get me coverage, I've got to see coverage. I'd wake up every morning and go, how am I going to get this guy coverage? Mm. A junior mining, a junior exploration company in the goldfields. And I tried everything. I, r- I rang all, the, even the junior journos at the West and everything else, and everyone were like, okay, this is okay. an okay story, but really. So I then rang and, and went up and saw uh, the, the mining reporter at the Kalgoorlie Miner. And I said, look, Kevin... I need a favour here. We actually worked out we went to school together, so that was a nice bond. <laughs> yeah. um, and I said, look, I need a favour here. I've got a client. I think it's a really interesting story. It's Goldfields-based. What do you think? And he said, look, if you can get me a really nice picture and give me something a bit different, I'll run it. And I went, oh, wow. I've got coverage for my client. How mm. good is this? And so we formed that relationship where we, we built the bond around that particular client to the point where years later this particular client did very well. And he came to me and, and, and made a big announcement. He said, I just can't believe the Kalgoorlie Miner didn't pick this up. Oh, wow. <laughs> because we, we had formed that relationship early that he, mm. would, he saw the Kalgoorlie Miner as a very key piece of media. Yeah. Because, and look, you know, if I'm being brutally honest, I used to buy copies of the Kalgoorlie Miner when I knew the story was coming out and I'd drop it at every brokerage firm that he was actually <laughs> going to visit on the day. So he actually assumed everybody read the Kalgoorlie Miner. It's an historic masthead. I will. I'll stand by the miner on that. Yeah. I love. I love the length to which you've gone yeah. there. That that to me is beautiful. And the strength of the relationship <laughs> that the journo helped you out and said, "Look, it's the photo we need." You know that that to me was my next question. Well, what did you do to sex up the story for the media if they were continually saying to you, "Oh, no, nah, no, nah, not going to work"? That little X factor is the thing, isn't it? That's probably when and, you and, learnt and, it. And to be fair, it's a junior minor. Um, it's difficult. I mean, I'm, I'm hats off to anyone in public relations that works in the mining yeah. and particularly the junior, junior mining sector is to how do you make that content yeah. more newsworthy? You're digging stuff out of the ground. You know, you've yeah. got to find an angle. And look, now it's photos, sound bites, video files, all of that. So we say to yeah. all of our clients, and we actually have a full-time videographer on staff. Yeah. So we say to all of our clients, we need photos. We need, and they've got to be good photos, yes. not just standing in front of a wall with a photo mm. of the MD. It's got to be a news quality photo. So we'll go and get a news, journal, a news photographer to take the photos. Mm. 
because what it means is we can, and particularly now when a lot of stuff's online, we mm. can go to a journalist and say, hey, we've got this really cool press release. You know, the company's doing amazing things, but have a look at this photo. Look at all the content and we've provided And then they come straight back and go, that photo is phenomenal, right? Yeah. You've now been bumped from a brief to something a bit more substantial. And what about the, 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 the kind of video content that you're submitting to the media? What's actually getting over the line? It, it depends on the media and, and we've had some very, very good success in recent times with stories that are visually very appealing but mm-hmm. quite difficult for a journalist to get to. So, oh, yeah. you know, I, I won't necessarily go through the example mm. but, you know, we, we've got a client who, who has a medicinal cannabis facility. It's secret. You can't go and see it. We got a camera in, got some amazing shots and we're able to give those shots to the journalists around the time of news and because it was so visually appealing, yep. it just sold oh, it. And unfettered access, yeah. I, I, I love the fact you've talked about the photograph and, and actually doing a little bit of the work for the media here because uh, Dan Hatch, who was a, a former journo for the West Australian, now over in the UK with his own business, uh, he was writing for the marketing page, the media and marketing page of the West, and I asked for some advice as to how do you best position an expert and a commentator, and he said, Nick, just don't underestimate the power of a good photo. And that's a profile photo. Mm. That's a photo for your part of your story or anything like that because journos write words, but the, it's the photo. It's the picture that people are drawn to. And that takes time it as does. well. You've got to schedule an appointment, send out, out a photographer who's got to be available. So if you've kind of taken the legwork out, you've provided that, you're saving the journo time. And can I add one last thing on it? He said, TV... <laughs> This is terrible. I'm sorry I'm saying this, Dan, but TV, they just like good-looking people as well. <laughs> and and I know in Calms, you've worked in TV for a long run and mm. still do, but it's like it, it is a little bit superficial in that yeah. space there that they, they sort of want to know, if particularly if they're putting you onto TV, what you do look like and what how you're going to present. So I think it's, yeah, invest, the good talent factor. Oh, the you good, know. T- look, the best talent is always going to ride mm. and, and do better, but invest in photography because it, it is such an important – and it's really impressive you've got a videographer on staff there, David, because – um, it's those assets that you're bringing do sell the story. And look, we've had instances where we've said to a media outlet, for example, oh, here's a bit of news, what do you think? They go, oh, it's pretty good. And go, if we went out and shot to your quality some B-roll for this, mm. would that help? I go, oh, that would make a massive difference. Thank you. Yeah, just so for the audience, the B-roll is is the is the background. The, the footage you the see footage, over the yeah, shop. yeah. yeah. So what I'm hearing there is that before you've gone and invested the big dollars to get some camo there with a beautiful camera, I was going to say an F5, but I think they've even been superseded now, right? But a good camera. They get out there, shoot it to TV quality standard, which might cost you some money. You've actually just checked. You just asked the question. There's nothing wrong with doing that, is there? No, not at all. And and I think also, depending on the story, of course, the difference is... is if, if I go back to the inverted comments olden days, we all would have just faxed out a press release to mm. a whole pile of people and most you of those and listening this, you and I from the don't same know day, what David. a fax is, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> would have just sent something out to a whole lot of people and just hoped for the best, whereas yeah. now you pick your mark a lot more. So, yeah. you know, if you've got something you think this may not break news on Channel 7, 9, 10 tonight, but it's an interesting little story, right, well, maybe I will pitch this directly to a journalist I've done my research, I've worked out they might uh, have already reported on the field, mm-hmm. might have an interest, might be a, just a, a younger journalist trying to, to make their mark. And that's when you can spend the time to say, hey, here's the idea, what do you think? Yeah, it's got merit, 
how do I flesh it out a bit more? Right, what else? What if I went and got some video or I got some photos or I got some other talent into the mm-hmm. into the picture? And then they go, okay, now it's starting to come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can take that up the line to my editor now. But you can only do that when you've got a relationship and the opportunity to talk to the journalist. Yep. And that does take a bit of time to get there because I think where most people fall over is that mm. they do strike up that press release, they think that they can send it over and all of a sudden, you know, the news is coming for them and, you know, the the phone's going to just keep on going. But well, it, they it spend just money happen. once off to get a press release done, you know, drop a grand here on a yep. press release and then go, oh, but no one picked it up. Yep. It's like, well, you're not buying a press release, you're buying relationships when you invest in a PR. Oh, beautiful. And that's what we're investing in here is relationships. I love that you've run the line, relationships is what you do because mm. – that is, I think, the real difference between what is good PR and poor PR. And that, that, that throws me to that next question for you, David, because, you know, there's a lot of bad apples, bad seeds in all industries. But I, I tend to think that public relations has a little bit more of a higher percentage of that because they don't follow that rule. They don't have relationships. There's still that sort of old style of snapping up a press release no real ownership of the actual uh, piece of content that's gone out and then consider their job done. Go open the bottle of champagne and uh, we're, we're up and we're finished. I, is that your feeling? How do you, how do you see the industry and, and its health? Um, well, look, I think as an industry it's healthy and that's more because the, the ones at the top, and there's a large number of them, are doing an exceptional job. Um, you will always find in any industry where you can buy a laptop or a... A, a camera or something and turn you into a specialist, whether it be social media, PR mm. or whatever. All those business coaches out there, those those mm. very experienced business coaches. Yeah, so then, so my advice, anytime we talk to a company, whether we're going to take them on or not, is look at a few things. And, and I, I work on a, a couple of very simple metrics. One is um, how big is their business and how important are you to them? So if you're just going to be a number on a line, then you're not important to their business. So how important are you are you going to be to their business? Who's going to actually do the work on the job? So is it going to be the principal? Is it going to be someone else in support? And are you going to have a good relationship with that person? Because you need to be able to have that relationship. But then it's also who do they know? Mm. So if a media, if a PR firm came to me and said, "Hey, I can write your press release. I can do it for a thousand, five thousand, whatever the number is." Mm. Okay, well, who are you going to send it to? Mm. What relationships do you have? Because essentially, I'm buying into your relationship. Mm. I'm buying into who do you know? Yep. I can write a press release. Nearly anyone can write a press release. But whose hands is it going to get into? And what relationship do you have with that person? Because what you're talking about there is the simple difference between the features and the benefit. You know, the feature is the media release or the email. I'm going to email people. I'm going to send, make phone calls, send a press release. Boring. <laughs> like the benefits of the, the relationship. If that's the KPI and you said, yeah. you know, I'm, I can guarantee you I'll write a press release and I'll send it to a thousand people, but that's my KPI. Mm. Yeah. As long as everyone's clear on that, that's fine. Yeah. But if it's, no, no, I want to get coverage, okay. And look, we're really honest and I think mm. most good PR people are really honest. We've had companies come in where I've just said, look, I can't help you. Yeah, mm. I can't get you coverage. I can write you a beautiful press release. We can take some outstanding photos. But for what you do and where you are right at the moment and your expectation, 
we're not going to meet it. And that's a far better way of saying what I tried to say at the start of the podcast. Like so many people say to me, can you help me get press? I said, look, I'm not doing that now. I'm yeah. not in the media industry uh, making relationships with all the media at the minute. I, I was when I was on air, but I'm not going to go and sell myself as a PR because that's not what I do now. There are experts who do that. Yeah. Oh, and David, I, I love that that sort of metrics that you have there that you've qualified the person because at the end of the day too, if you get a client that you're not able to work with or don't get the results, they're actually detracting, not for just detraction for their own business, but your business um, gets pulled back because it looks like you can't do the job and if you're sort of qualifying them at the start. But that opus, open and honest approach to talking with a client and that relationship again, um, that's such important tools for any business owner that's listening to this today. If you are looking to engage a PR, a communications consultant, an advisor, even a media stable, uh, and, and go and have a look at what Carmen does uh, with, with, with confidence in front of camera, is that you, know, you need to see that they actually can do the job. Um, one thing I'll say is that a meet the media, Julianne Sprague from the Australian Financial Review, she said, uh, it was a classic line, it was the very first meet the media, she said, I've got two inboxes. And one in one box is called the shit box, <laughs> and that's for all the shit PR releases that get sent that aren't relevant. There's nothing unusual about it. There's nothing human about it. Uh, there's no. To- it's not topical. It's not and targeted it just, in any way. To yeah, their, their it's publication. generic. It yeah. just goes there, and it's not. It's that sort of scattergun approach that I don't think exists anymore, and PR shouldn't be doing it anymore. And if they are, y- you shouldn't be using them. Well, look, and it also comes down now, there's less journalists who have less time. Correct. So all of a sudden, where they may have, have spent a bit of time, yes, I'll listen to you, your pitch, I'll take it in, but I'm really, I don't care. Now it's, I've got to file something in the morning, something online, something for radio, something for TV. I don't have time for this pitch. So unless you've nailed it or you've got my attention straight away, don't waste my time. Yeah. So, you know, what, what, what we tend to do and I'm not saying every what we do is right versus anyone else because everyone else can we brought you onto the experts podcast so we pretty but much it's, know it's, that you do the right things it's, it's pick your mark so it's <laughs> yeah. you know if I'm gonna and I, and I say to our guys let's not ring everybody on our list mm. we know who's going to be interested in this because we've got a relationship with them or we've seen what they've reported we understand the little things we know when deadline is we know when they're going to be doing a morning filing. Mm. We're not going to ring them at five o'clock in the afternoon for a print journal and go, so how's your day been? Have you seen my press release? And have them tearing their hair out going, I'm on deadline, I don't have time for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we also look for little things. And this is, you know, come back to, comes back to the relationships where, you know, even to a, to a really small degree, we, we work out, you know, what football, soccer or rugby teams people support, you know, try and work out a bit about their families, those sort of mm-hmm. things. So when we're having a conversation, it's not, hey, did you see my press release? Yeah. And, you know, if you saw it, I don't really need to pitch you because you've seen it. We're actually ringing going, hey, did you see the kangaroos had a, probably not a win, uh, but had a win on the weekend. He's done his homework. And, and you know you're actually talking to someone who goes, oh, yeah, that was really good. And then you've starting got something to, question, to talk about. Starting to question your power and PR, bring up the kangaroos in front of me. That is just absolutely <laughs> shocking. Can I talk to you about when you're serving up a talent, when you're serving up a talking head from an organisation or maybe a, a case study? And, you know, what are you looking for in those people when they front up to the media? We want them to be excited about what they're talking about. We want them to be genuinely interested in what they're talking about. So, 
that for a media person looking at it, they actually can see how that talent will deliver for them because mm-hmm. they don't want a cardboard box. They want someone who's got a twinkle in their eye, a smile on their face, a bit of excitement in what they're talking about. So, you know, we try to 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 get our our talent into that zone where it's you could just be talking about drill results, but are you really excited about them? Why are you excited about <laughs> yes. them? And so that's the where we try to get people to. Now we don't do media training to the degree that you guys do and to the quality that you guys do, but you know, the conversation we have with clients is if you're going to talk to someone, whether it's an investor, mm. whether it's a media shareholder, any of those groups, external groups, be excited about it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, switch out of that temptation to be all business that we have. We sort of think, oh, I'm talking to an investor. I better make sure I look like I've got all my ducks in a row. We're going to assume that because you've got the job, you've got your ducks in a row. Let's find out who you are now. And that's okay, right? Yep, 100%. And, and from a, a media point of view, and I'm, I'm making an assumption here because I'm not a, a media um, person, is they want the talent to be engaging for the audience. Correct. So they want that really nice feel from the audience to go, that was a really nice interview, that was really engaging, the talent was great, the answers were solid. Yeah, because their audience is more broad than yours might be within your organisation. You know, you've got to get out of the thinking, I'm only talking to the people who want to buy from me or invest in me. Yeah, I think a lot of talent are are, are too caught up in the fact that they don't want to mess up, they're nervous, Mm. they don't really quite know what the media is expecting from them and then they just go into this sort of robotic move. And I I think, you know, you talk about um, uh, minors, but, you know, I I think accountants are the worst PRs running around because the first line when you meet an accountant, it says, I'm just an accountant, Mm. I'm boring. I mean, if you're already saying you're boring, I'm already I'm already <laughs> going. Look, I'm finishing my drink and finishing it so that I can quickly go and, and mm-hmm. find someone else to talk to. But sell it, sell it. I talk numbers, and I guess what? Without these numbers, you don't have a business. That's right. You know, get a little excited about it. Yeah, it, it is a good idea. I have another question for you, David, which you did hint at earlier that any old person can grab a computer and say they're a social media expert. For instance, is social media and doing it well PR? In our business, 100%. So, the, and, and, and I'm looking more from an investor point of view mm-hmm. and how our clients inv- engage with the investing market. So, if I go back oh, 10 years ago, which seems like a lifetime ago, with North Melbourne, my last one of Premiership. <laughs> God, can we get there? We're going to scrub this. Yeah, no, no. It was 20 uh, years ago, yeah. by the way. Yeah. A, a company would go and talk to a stockbroker who would go and then ring 50 clients and say, hey, We've got seen this great company. You should have a look at it, buy the stock, sell the stock, whatever. Now, that's changed because of how the financial regulations have changed. Okay. So a stockbroker can't just ring a client. They've had to do research and a whole pile of other things. What that means is there's this whole great group of, of retail investors who don't traditionally use stockbroking. So it's, well, how do you talk to them? So yes, you put out an ASX announcement that most people, because of the technical nature of them, are quite difficult to read. But a lot of them are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, all of those sort of platforms. And so it's it's another medium to get content in front of that audience. Yeah. But it's got to be curated in a really clever way. So it's not about, oh, let's just put the press release up on the social media. It's, well, how do we actually turn that into, and in our case, because of our internal resources, 
how do we turn it into a, a really vibrant video? Yeah. Video with nice, cool words on it. Now, it's not saying anything that's not in an announcement. It's just more succinctly delivering it. And we find that engagement is phenomenal. Mm. And it's humanising it. Because no one wants to, no one wants to read a press release. But if they see a, a sixty-second or a thirty-second video, they're they're clicking on it. Mm. And, it. and you know, you're in this space, Carmen. This is this is real communication from people. They don't want to to read the corporate speak. They want to read and hear from the owner of the business, the leader of the business, and find out what they're actually really thinking. Because those all those emotions, those facials, are, they're selling. They're telling so much. Well, that's the same as the. The secret look into the cannabis farm you mentioned before, right? Seeing the CEO go, you've, mm, beauty, this is good stuff, right? That's the unfettered access that I was talking about before, right? Same as that, right? it comes back to even if you look at, you know, the boring drilling announcements, Mm. the number of times we've produced a a basic Q&A video, or not basic, but a nice Q&A video where we're talking to the management and one of the questions I generally ask them is, so how excited are you about these results? Mm. The eyes twinkle, a little smile starts, and they go, I'm really excited about them. Then, and it's not saying anything that's not mm. not allowed to be said in the market. It's just them giving their context. Yep. Straight away, the investor lights up going, did you see the smile on his face yeah. or her face? <laughs> yeah. They actually do look really excited. I didn't quite understand what the announcement meant, but... Wow, they look really excited about this. So that gives you that human contextual element. And so does a bit of genuine altruistic passion. You know, if you're working in in a medical space and you're going to change lives, you're actually going to help people at a very deep level, then if we can see that emotion, that's okay too. And I think there's a real tendency to hide things like that. But that's the stuff we want to bring to the fore. But I also think just touching on social Yes, if you have a beautiful camera, you've got a nice podcasting kit or you've got a $2,000 camera, you can take, you know, um, create amazing content. But it's also now really easy to do with an iPhone 11, uh, you know, all of those sort of things. It's actually really easy to do. Look at you on camera right now. But it's also also about the, the quality of what you produce. So... Don't just do it for the sake of doing it. Correct. How am I going to frame it? Mm. What's it going to look like? What's the message I'm giving? Because if I put something onto LinkedIn or or Facebook or Twitter, what's the reason the audience is going to watch it? Yeah. Why are they going to be so engaged? What What do I need to say that will have an audience go, you know what, I'll watch that 30 or 45 seconds because it's interesting for me. That's how you avoid looking self-indulgent. A lot of people are really scared of thinking that, oh, look, people are going to think I'm making it all about me. You're not as soon as you keep your audience front and centre. So engage them with that first three to ten seconds and you'll be safe. We're running out of time. David, you've been around the PR game for a long time. Have you got an example of the of poor PR and great PR? Because I'll give you my poor one that I, I, I talk about all the time, and I talk about this in media training. Uh, 94.5 used to have an RC expert segment. I think I might have mentioned this before. Um, and they ha- we put an expert on there, a finance expert, did it beautifully, got mentioned 12 or 18 times. This is the expert. This is where they're from. And then at the very end, any any last words? And he goes, "Well, you can call me on nine double two double four. And it's mm-hmm. like you just destroyed forty five minutes of the most the best content going around by just cheapening it to uh, a, an, a, an absolute ad. Um, have you seen any? What in your time? What, what's been the poorest PR exercise you've ever seen that didn't involve sport? Because I think the sports guys are really shocking at it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so from a, a – and, and maybe this is um, – it's an, an example that was repetitive that 
will make sense when I say it. So I I had um, someone who I won't say worked for me because they might listen to this, but <laughs> someone uh, who I know very very well who had a great um, a great ability to ring a journalist on deadline and have a very casual conversation. So they would have an announcement would come out at eight o'clock in the morning and it would be basic drilling results or something pretty simple that most journalists wouldn't care about unless the stock went up 100% or really flew. Mm. And they would feel that they had to ring every journalist at every media outlet to justify the fact that I rang every journalist to make mm. sure they saw the press release. Yeah. But they had a great knack of ringing the journalist <laughs> on deadline. Oh, God. And, you know, it would be a mining news <laughs> at 11 o'clock this guy would ring at 5 to 11 when, you know, everyone would be pulling their hair out trying to get this done. Yeah. And he'd ring up and go, so, how's your day going? Yeah. <laughs> and they go, oh, yeah, really good. What are you calling for? He goes, mm-hmm. well, I sent you an email earlier today. Did you get it? It had some drill results. They're really, really interesting. They're not great, but they're really interesting. Oh, he's and even you, selling it And I'm sort of texting the journalist going, I'm just, so, I'm so sorry. Just hang up. Just hang up. You don't have to. Just hang up. And he'd go... So what are you doing later today? <laughs> and you could see the journalist going, just go to, I've, go I'm, to go. I'm trying to be polite. Mm. Yeah. but and, and part of this is when you're part of a big PR firm, sometimes journalists feel like, look, I have to take the call. I have yep. to listen just in case you've got another big story coming. Yeah. So that was one where I didn't sitting, sitting that person down and said, look, I'm going to give you their deadlines. Yeah. You don't call on deadline mm. because you've actually just blown any chance of ever getting any coverage for that company. And pick your battles. Yeah. Pick your battles. And that's, and that's great information, especially for business owners out there to be thinking about uh, when you're hiring a PR, make sure that you've got those little things that you've, you've got responsibilities to, because it's your brand. It's the brand that you have that you're entrusting with them hmm. to, to, to amplify it. And if they don't understand or don't have those connections, it can go south very, very quickly and cost a lot of money. Yeah. And if you've not been educated in this either, you're going to hire incorrectly. So yeah, think about it. David, thanks for coming in for a chat. Hey, that's a quick 30 minutes. Hey, if people want to get in contact with you, how do they do it? Well, you've just given me not to use phone numbers mm-hmm. or any of those things, but if you go no, to the No, no, I've invited advises. you to. I've invited you to. The difference between <laughs> this guy, he just came out with it from nowhere and we're going, oh, you've destroyed that. So I'm inviting you. Give us your contact details, David. Well, the best place to go is to the Chapter 1 Advisors website um, or if you'd like to give me a call on 0433 you can. I'd be more than happy. And if anyone just wants advice, not to sign up a PR firm, but just wants advice to talk to someone, to get a bit of independent, what should I do? I'm happy to have a chat or a coffee anytime. And can I endorse you on that? Because I endorse the, the fact that David does do this. Yeah. You, you do give a lot of your time and your energy to people that are just inquiring and it's, there's no commitment there required. So uh, hats off to you on that one. Ah, not a bad one comes. Liked it. Lots of insight there. I didn't get to really drill down on those early years of the Dockers, hey? Well, we didn't, but you know what? They're probably things he doesn't want to bring up again. (laughs) Uh, But I tell you what, you'd love to be their media advisor right now, wouldn't you, David? I mean, 100%. They're uh, they're going places. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on the Experts Podcast. Uh, We look forward to having your company next week when we chat to another media or another expert. You've been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.